wonderful morning once again want i want to welcome you this morning to another beautiful live session of the potter's gate online broadcast i hope you had a wonderful night rest well i did have a nice rest uh, it's just that it's a bit cold this morning in fact not just a bit cold it's quite cold this morning but we want to thank god for another beautiful day like this well this morning we are beginning to you know uh, uh, wrap up our you know marathon teaching on the architecture of jezebel and i really want to hope and believe that many of us who have you know been following and listening to you know this teaching have gained some very important uh, um you know principles and and you know concepts that will at least allow us to begin to understand what this spirit is how the spirit function and how to you know locate the spirit and how to deal with the spirit within our lives within our community our society and obviously the body of christ and the nation and so it's it's an it's a great honor and a great privilege to be part of um those that the lord has handpicked in this season to reveal this uh, uh teaching to the body of christ indeed is a is a is a teaching that you know carries different faces and different you know dimensions of operation but i really do want to thank god that we've been able at least to you know to to do justice you know to this teaching to the degree that we are able to you know look at some vital keys and principles that we can use in dealing with the development of you know society and the body of christ and of course our own personal lives and family because that's the whole essence of this teaching for us to be able to have you know in, you know uh, um information and 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 if you will spiritual tools that can help us to accurately you know build on that which the spirit of the lord is you know emphasizing and speaking regarding his intention for this new day so i i, I just believe that somehow we've been able to you know grab you know some of the principles i know that uh, uh, we, we will not be able to grab everything at you know at, at a goal but in, and that's the reason why we are you know really investing in recording these things um, i'm actually recording recording on um you know an online uh, um recording a, a app so very soon hopefully we'll be able to you know watch it uh, excuse me listen to it also online and obviously we'll have it on youtube um, excuse me not on youtube now but on on facebook uh for, for youtube I, I don't know how we're going to do it hopefully I might be able to see how we can, you know, upload some of these teachings on our YouTube, uh, uh, you know, channel. Uh, of, of course, we, we, we're talking about, you know, today I think we'll be dealing with uh, uh, episode 30, 37, if I'm not mistaken, today. So this is quite, you know, some, you know, number of data that, you know, we, we, we've been able to, you know, uh, look into <clears throat> in terms of, you know, spiritual information. But that's fine. We want to thank God for the grace and uh, the cap capacity to be able to continue to, you know, push forth. And uh, this is just going to be one aspect. There are still several aspects that we're going to be looking into in terms of resourcing the body of Christ. My desire, my passion, my longing is to see how we can resource the body of Christ, how we can, you know, uh, create a platform where, you know, people can actually go there, you know, and, and find, you know, principles and, and, and spiritual tools that can at least allow them to, you know, understand what, what they need to, you know, 
to know and what, how they need to apply the principles of the kingdom in dealing with or at the issues of life. So uh, we will continue to do that and we pray that the Father will continue to grant us the capacity and the grace to do that. It's been a great pleasure, you know, on this journey. We're not done yet, all right? Today we're going to be dealing with, uh, um, you know, the judgment of Jezebel. Yesterday we, deal, we dealt with the judgment of, uh, you know, the, the, the sons of Jezebel, Jezebel, the children of Jezebel. And it's, I mean, I mean that's a teaching that I felt was uh, quite necessary and important so that we, we don't just, you know, focus on Jezebel while or at the, the, the seed of Jezebel might just be operating within and around our life or at bringing us back to the same very point where we started from. Our desire is to have, you know, a holistic understanding, an all-round concept of, you know, the mind of God and the intentions of God for this new day so that when we say we're dealing with Jezebel, we truly understand what we're talking about and we deal with Jezebel from all you know, aspect. I would like to go back to Second Corinthians. Maybe before I go to Second Corinthians, let's go back to, you know, uh, Revelation chapter two. I just want to quickly do a recap. All right, my my intention is to, you know, constantly bring us into, you know, the context of why we're talking about what we're talking about, so that we don't deviate and we sometimes we can be carried away when we hear certain truth or we we're hearing certain teachings, right? That has, you know, uh, drag for a long time like this that we're dealing with. It's so easy for us to, you know, to find ourselves in a situation where we just fo focus on what we're talking about while we have actually forgotten the very foundation. Thank you so much, Stadion, for joining this morning. And we forget the very reason why we have actually, you know, begun to deal with this teaching. So I, I would like to remind us again, all right, particularly for record purpose, I'd like to remind us again, Revelation chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse uh, 18 and uh, 19. The scripture says, to the angel of the church in Titera, the word of the Son of God, or these are the word of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flaming fire and whose feet are like a burnished bronze. And I remember in our teaching as we began that I began to talk about this concept that the reason why our Lord Jesus Christ described himself here one as a son of God two as one with eyes like a flaming fire and whose feet are like a burnished bronze all right those those description defines in the position of judgment all right whenever you, you find the Lord describes himself from this concept it tells you that he is about to bring judgment and therefore, that is important that we remind and we refresh our, our minds again. And then he went further in verse 19. He said, for I know your works, I know your love, I know your service and patience and endurance, that your latter work exceed the first. This, this is a different translation that I'm reading today. But verse 20 says, I have this against you. It says that you tolerate that woman Jezebel. And once again, maybe what, what we should just do again. Let me see if I can do this quickly. Let's just... Uh, um, Look at let's look at the definition of you know tolerate because I think that's important. All right, now to to, to tolerate, I think it's something that we need to we need to look into. We need to understand, and we need to carefully. All right, uh, 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 you know, excuse me. You know, I was thinking about something this morning. The work, the work of a, the work of a servant of God, the work of a true servant of God, deals with I think three aspects. I was just thinking about that this morning. First of all, you've got to bring 
definition all right in any teaching any servant of god that is called of god must bring definition must bring clarity must bring explanation these three things are important definition you know clarity and explanation you must bring definition you must bring clarity uh, excuse me you must yes you must bring definition you must you must bring you know explanation and you must bring clarity all right in in whatever you're doing so it's important right because what really makes right all right because if we don't do this then all we'll be talking about would just be mere words without clarity so I, I, these are things that i have you know i've been able to put into the structure of my teachings and my you know uh, uh, expressions of truth so that you know that you know one doesn't get into a point where you know uh, uh, you find yourself you know not really understanding what the spirit of the lord is saying so to tolerate means excuse me I'm actually trying to, I don't want to, you know, just, uh, um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give, you know, my own definition. I, I really want to look at it from, you know, from the, from the dictionary. I'm looking, looking at online dictionary. It means to, you know, to allow, to allow, okay, to, 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 to give, to, you know, to persevere regarding something, to allow to, to, you know, to, yes, to allow and to make something happen, even though you are aware of it, but you allow it. All right, to, you tolerate it, so you allow it. Okay, you 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 allow it to be. You allow you, you know you you give that thing a room. Or say, all right, so that that is something. Quickly, I just felt you know we need to look at because sometimes uh, you know words we can lose truth. All right, from not understanding you know the proper meaning of words and and understanding the proper meaning of word also can help us to understand all right what god is actually saying because one of the plans like we have seen in uh, the teachings that we've done thank you so much man of god for joining this morning appreciate it i hope it's not cold in united kingdom this morning it is very cold here today but uh yes so we, we we're looking at this thing we're looking at this concept and i, I believe that once we understand the meaning of words and because like i said one of the plans of the enemy is to is to water down words, is to water down the importance of you know words and meaning. Because once you once we lose the importance of words and meaning, then those words really never uh, you know will, ne will never carry the kind of impact or the kind of you know authority, the kind of you know you know uh, uh, if you will power that we want to see manifest. So that's just by the way. But let's read on verse nineteen. It says, "I know your works, I know your faith, I know your service, your patience, your endurance." that you your that your latter work exceed the first they say but i have this against you because you tolerate i was just trying to explain that word again because you tolerate that woman jezebel so we can see just we can tolerate that spirit in our life in our community in our home in our family i think one of the one of the importance and one of the beauty amen of of a child of god that one that follows god amen is to look at every area of our life amen and make sure that we are not tolerating things amen that god amen has asked us to to reject or to refuse or or even to challenge all right we don't want to find ourselves in that position where we begin to tolerate he said so he said you tolerate that woman jezebel who calls herself a prophet all right who calls herself a prophet and and, 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 and it's teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food, you know, offered to 
to you know to idols. So that is just something I quickly want to bring to our attention as we deal with the concept of the judgment of Jezebel this morning. All right. Then I quickly also want to look at Second uh, Corinthians chapter ten. All right, and then we're going to look at uh, verse. Um, okay, let's take it from verse three. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, or are not carnal, they are not humans, but they, are, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments. So now he's defining the strongholds. He said the strongholds are arguments and every lofty opinions. I'm, re I'm reading a different translation this morning because, you know, sometimes it's good that we look at different translations to, you know, to pick the heart of God. So that, like I said, words help us to have a clear image of what God is saying. I like what this, you know, translation says. Lofty opinions, all right? The opinions of men are completely different from in the perspective of God. The opinions of God about about issues. So we want to move away from the opinions of men or our own opinion. We want to be able to live our life amen, based on the principles and the values and the standards, amen, and even the definition of God. Amen. It says, it says, so we destroy strongholds. Then he went further in verse 5. He says, We destroy arguments. Alright. Maybe when I begin to deal with the, the 21 characteristics of Jezebel, we then look at these concepts. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against, that's the key word, raised against. When, 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 when society amen, begins to raise opinions, beliefs, all right? just before I came uh, this morning, I was, I was listening to BBC. And, and they're saying, you know, uh, uh, they, they're having this you know, discussion about, you know, uh, uh, this lgbt and all that you know and they're saying well there is no gene that has proven all right that you know there's a difference between a man and a woman i mean can you imagine the way people are thinking where, where people are going these days now that's something that we're talking about just before i came here all right but we know that's a lie because in the beginning god created man amen and and and, and woman he created them with two different identity all right so the bible says they will raise lofty opinions against the knowledge of god and take and we must take you know into we must take every thought every thought captive to obey christ i mean if people will live in this concept of life i think we will have breakthrough we will have a major spiritual breakthrough i mean if i begin to take every contrary thought captive and, and submit that to the obedience of our lord jesus christ i think we'll have a major breakthrough all right but that's not where we we're going this morning we are our you know, our journey is to Second uh, Kings chapter 9, because that is where we begin to see, all right, the concept of the judgment of, you know, uh, uh, Jezebel and the entire household of Ahab began to, you know, take place. Now, the reason why we're looking at this, the reason why we're looking at this is to begin to at least, excuse me, to begin to bring into conclusion this teachings that we've been doing. In fact, this is the 20th day. Excuse me, today marks the 20th day. All right. And I think I'm doing, you know, parts, you know, 36 thereabout, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, this has been a long journey. And this part 36 is not like we're doing an hour. We started by one hour, then we began to, you know, increase it to an hour plus. I can remember some days we even went as far as two hours. So this is a powerful resource that I believe will, will, will enhance and empower us. 
for us to continue to understand how to you know engage this powerful satanic you know principality all right so uh in in chapter nine yesterday we began to deal with a very powerful concept we saw how elijah amen sent one of his you know uh, uh, apprentice one of his prophetic apprentices to go amen anoint jehu yes and we saw how jehu you know engaged with that anointing and began to judge the house of ahab and we saw how you know jehu actually amen you know uh, 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 if you will judge the 70 sons of uh, you know of you know of jehu excuse me of of, of ahab all right, we saw that happen. Now, what I want to look at today, I mean, is in fact the judgment of Jezebel. And uh, I would like to read some scripture this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Now, bef after, just before, you know, Jehu killed, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if I mentioned this yesterday. Just before Jehu actually killed, all right, the 70 sons of, of Ahab, we, we saw Jehu, amen, first of all, judge Joram, all right? We saw Jehu killed Joram and Ahaziah. And these are the two kings, the two kings, amen, of, of you know, of, of, of Samaria, all right? Samaria obviously was the capital, amen, of, of Israel. And Jerusalem, we saw, we saw this happen. And I think this is very important because those two kingdoms, remember, they were two divided kingdoms, all right? Now, we, 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 were, we were told that, Jeho, uh, you know, uh, Ahaziah, all right, came to visit Jehoram. All right, so after, just after you know Jehu, you know, uh, you know, judge Jehoram, the scripture said that he also went for you know Ahaziah. And I, I, you know, I was thinking about this: why would Jehu amen, kill Ahaziah? After all, you know, that's a different territory. And I was like, the Lord said to me, "Don't you understand that this altars, this spirit, this worship of Ba has also infiltrated you know the, the other kingdom." And so, Jehu saw it as a responsibility, not just to kill Jehoram, amen, but also Ahaziah. Jehoram, obviously, was the son of uh, um, Jezebel. So, so Jehu understood that for, for anyone that is connected to this spirit to survive, amen, would be a disaster. So, he judged, amen, the two kings. And I quickly want to look at, look at that. Let me see. Yes, maybe I should quickly uh, uh, look at that. Jehu, I'm, I'm going to read Second Kings chapter... Chapter 9, let's look at it from verse 14. So Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joharam. Now Joharam and all Israel had been defending Ramad Gilead against Azel, king of Aram. But King Joharam had returned to Jezreel to recover from the wound the Aramai had afflicted on him in the battle with Azel, king of Aram. Jehu said, if you, if you desire to make me king... Don't, okay, all right, okay. I think I've missed. I, I, I've misplaced the, you know, the, the name of the kings now. All right. In fact, Jehoram was the one who actually assisted Jehu, amen, to plot the destruction of, all right, the priest of, of Baal. But let's read on. If you desire to make me king, don't let anyone slip out of the city to go to tell, uh, uh, to tell the news to uh, uh, Jezreel. Then he got into his chariot and rode to Jezreel because Jehoram was resting there and Ahaziah king of Judah yes that's Ahaziah king of Judah had gone down to you know to see him verse 17 when looking when when looking out standing on the tower in in Jezreel Jehu, Jehu, uh, excuse me verse 17 again let me take verse 17 
when when looking when 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 looking out standing on the tower in Jezreel saw Jehu's troop approaching he called out I see some I see some I see some troop coming get horsemen uh, uh, Joharam order send him to meet them and ask do you come in peace the horsemen rode off to meet Jehu and said this is what the king says do you come in peace what do you have to do with peace Jehu replied fall behind me he looked and, and he looked out and, and, and reported the messenger had has reached them, but he isn't coming. <laughs> In other words, Jehu said, this Jehu guy is so powerful. I mean, this is a guy that was sent to go ask, are you coming in peace? Jehu said, you fall behind me. Come with me. Verse 19. Then the king sent another second horseman. When, when he came, you know, when he came near to them, he said, the king said, do you come in peace? Jehu replied, what do you have to do with peace? fall behind me can you see the kind of command Jehu has i mean the king sent somebody and Jehu said guys you better fall behind me or it's gonna be your own death verse 20 then look out the lookout reported again excuse me the lookout reported again he has reached he has, he has reached them but he isn't coming back either the driver is like listen to this the driver is like that of the son of nimshi he drives like a maniac. <laughs> he drives like a maniac. He drives like a madman. Verse 21. Ench up my chariot, Joharam ordered. And when he had enched up, Joharam, the king of Israel, and, and Hazel, king of Judah, rode out each in his own chariot to meet Jehu. Listen to this. They met him at the plot of the ground that had belonged to Naboth, the, Je the Jezreelite. When, when, uh, when Joharam saw Jehu, he asked, have you come in peace, Jehu? Listen to what Jehu, uh, you know, replied. How can there be peace? Jehu replied, as long as, listen to this, as long as all the adultery, all the adultery and witchcraft of your mother, Jezebel's abound. Jehu said, how can there be peace as long as the adultery or the, yes, the, excuse me, as long as the idolatry and the witchcraft of your, of your mother abounds. Verse 23, Jehu returned and fled. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Joharam returned and fled, calling, calling out to Ahaziah, treachery, <laughs> Ahaziah. Then, then Jehu drew his bow and shot Joharam between his shoulders. The arrow pierced his heart and he slumped down in his chariot. Jehu said to his, 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 his big car, his chariot officer, pick up his body and throw it in the field that belongs to Naboth the Jezreelite. Remember Naboth, the field that they took. Yes. Remember how, then he went, he said, remember how, how, how I and, and the riders together in the chariots behind Ahab, his father, when the Lord spoke this prophecy against him, yesterday I saw, this is what the Lord said, yesterday I saw the blood of Naboth. I saw, I saw the blood of Naboth, the blood of his son, declares the Lord. And I will surely make you pay for it this day on the ground, declares the Lord. Now pick up, pick him up and throw him. Pick him up and, and, and throw him to that plot in accordance to what the word of the Lord has said. Verse 27. When Ahaziah, king of Judah, saw what had happened, he fled up and rode to Beth Agan. Jehu chased him, shouting, kill him too. <laughs> They wounded him in his chariot on the way up to Gunambilim. But he escaped to Megiddo and died there. 
His servant took him by chariot to Jerusalem and buried him with his ancestors in the tomb of his in the tomb in the tomb in the tomb in the city of David in the eleventh year of Jehoram, son of Ahab, Ahaziah had become king of Judah. So now you see the story now how Jehoiamen, you know, killed not just Amen, you know that you know uh, uh, you know Jehoram, but also killed Ahaziah. This is very important. Like I, you know, mentioned earlier, this is very very important. Jehu is trying to eliminate anything and everything that connects to the spirit of Jezebel and Ahab in the land. Then, um, where did I stop? Alright, then verse, verse 30. Verse 30. Then Jehu went to Jezreel. Remember now, Jehu had killed, Jehu had killed uh, uh, Jehoram. He had killed Ahaziah. He had killed the two kings. The Bible says in verse you know, 30 of the same second king, verse 9. The Bible says in verse 30, then Jehu went to Jezreel. When Jehu when Jezebel heard about it, she put, she, now listen to this, she put, she, she put on, on her eye makeup. She put on, on her eye makeup, arranged her hair, and looked out of the window. As, as Jehu entered the gate, she asked, have you come in peace? You, you Zimri, you murderer of your master. He looked up at the widow. Excuse me, he looked up, he looked up at, the, uh, you know, at, at the window and called out, who is on my side? Two or three Enochs looked up, looked down from him, looked, looked down at him. Now, Jehu said, throw her down, Jehu said. So they threw her down and some of her blood splattered the wall and the horses as they trampled her head foot. Jehu went in and ate and drank. Take care of that cursed woman. I want you to note that. Take care of that cursed woman, he said, and bury her for, for she was a king's daughter. But when they went out to bury her, they found nothing except a skull, a feet, and a hands. They went back to, to you know, and told Jehu, who said, this is what the Lord, this is, this is the word of the Lord that he has spoken through his servant Elijah the Tishbite. On the plot of the ground at Jezreel, dogs will devour Jezebel's flesh. Jezebel's body will be will be like dog, will be, excuse me, Jezebel's body will be like dung on the ground in the plot of Jezreel so that no one will be able to say this is Jezebel. What, 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 what a word, what a way to die. Now, what struck me here is that the Lord already gave a prophetic word, all right, that Jezebel and Ahab and the entire household of Ahab, we're going to be, we're going to be, we're going to be eliminated, we're going to be killed. Now, you can see how every word that was spoken came to pass, you know, word for word, where, the, you know, where it, it has been declared that Jezebel will be, you know, will be judged. That was where Jezebel was, was judged. Now, looking back at this, at, you know, at this, as, at this point, now one begins to wonder, why would God, you know, you know, go through this kind of meticulous way of bringing judgment? You know, to you know, to the house of Jezebel and to the house of Ahab, and I think that is because, Amen. Like we, we we spoke yesterday, that everything and anything that connects to Jezebel in terms of our seed, in terms of our activity, in terms of our purpose, Amen, must be eliminated. And like I said, the reason why we're looking into this, alright, is to understand that there is nothing, alright, that this spirit, 
amen, doors in our life that will be left, amen, without being judged. So we have to look into not just our own personal life, but even look into our own space, look into our own ministry. Now, if you look back at, you know, the judgment of, uh, uh, you know, Jezebel, the Bible said that while Jezebel, you know, dressed herself, you know, obviously hearing that, you know, uh, Jehu was coming, the Bible says she, she put on an, an, an eye makeup, arranged her hair, all right, and look, look out, you know, of the, of the window, look out from the window, and Jezebel, excuse me, and Jehu entered the gate. Jehu entered the gate and asked, have you, and, and she said, have you come in peace? You Zimri mother of your master. The Bible says he looked up, you know, at the window and called out, who is on my side? Now, I, there's something here that I began to look at, that in the day where God is about to judge this spirit, this, you know, entity of a spirit called, you know, uh, uh, Jezebel, that the favor of God, because of the anointing that has been placed on Jehu, I mean, these are people that normally will not support, all right, you know, the, 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 the authority. You know, I mean, this is this is why you, you will call a treason, you know, in the land. This is, in fact, this is why you call a treason. But because an anointing, that because the authority of God had already gone. Remember that Jehu was anointed secretly, all right, and he was proclaimed a king. Now, because of that, you begin to see how favor begin to walk towards him. Amen. Now, you know, uh, Jehoram sent a first batch of men, all right, to go ask this guy coming that they don't know who he is. Jehu said, guys, follow me. These are people that would definitely not follow Jehu on a normal day. They will not follow him. So I, I'm just looking, I'm, I'm highlighting this point. All right. He sent another person. <laughs> you know, Jehu also said to that person, come on, what do you know about peace? Follow me. All right, Jehu, you know, uh, Jehoram sent another group. And that one also said, no, follow me. You understand? Can you see the kind of favor that accomplished, all right, that, that, that is accompanying a man, a person, a system that has been anointed, amen, to bring judgment, all right, against the spirit. Everything begins to work for you in, in line with that which heaven has proclaimed and declared. In other words, in the day where God begins to anoint us or God begins to, you know, empower us to deal with this thing, it's not going to be by might. That's the point I'm trying to make. It's not going to be by might. It's not going to be something that you're trying to, you know, force yourself to do. It's going to be because there's the anointing of God that has, that has rest on you, that tripartite anointing, that, excuse me, anointing, that anointing of Elijah, that anointing of Elijah, amen, resting on you, a type of a Jehu, amen, suddenly will begin to command, you know, order and respect from people in fact the scripture said when jehu was anointed king you know his, his other counterparts were still saying who is this who is this crazy guy that came to visit you and jehu was still trying to hide it is uh well you know how this you know mad people just behave themselves you know Th then they said no no you better tell us the truth what what really transpired in that room and jehu said here's the word of the lord i've been made i've been anointed to be a king and the bible says immediately immediately you know, everybody there, amen, began to bow down and declare Jehu king. This, I mean, a king is still reigning at this point where Jehu was anointed. There was still a king on the throne. I want you to begin to see this, you know, this, this, this activity here. There was still a king. Joharam was still king when Jehu was anointed. When Jehu was anointed to be the king. But like I said yesterday, the reason for the anointing of Jehu, amen, was for the elimination of, of Jezebel and the entire household 
amen, of, of, you know, of, of, of air. So it's important that we understand that this, the, the, you know, the kind of an anointing or the kind of grace or capacity or the kind of apostolic, you know, like I was saying yesterday, you know, we, we talk about men being anointed, called into the apostolic, but you see Jezebel, you see the spirit, you see the sons of Jezebel, you see this false prophet, all right, doing their things, you know, just, you know, messing up all around. And you're asking, where are those that have been anointed? Where are those that have been empowered? Because that spirit never died. Remember, the Bible says, amen, that God, amen, before that great day of the Lord, that God will send an Elijah. God will send that spirit of Elijah. And I believe without a shadow of, of, you know, of doubt that every generation, amen, has or carries, amen, a, a, a dimension, amen, a measure of that, you know, Elijah's anointing. I believe so. So that, you know, that anointing is able to challenge, is able to, you know, stand against the false altars, the false order, the false God and the, and the false position. I mean, you look at what is happening today. Uh, you know, now maybe I shouldn't go into that. I, 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 I read, you know, something today that is quite disturbing about, you know, this order, this, this man is, the, is in America. And this has to do with Rick Joyner. In fact, it was con this guy is connected to Rick Joyner. And I've always had this obvious, you know, a, a, a respect for Rick Joyner. But even then, I still have, you know, a little bit of, you know, a, 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 my reservation. Not because I do not respect the man, but because of certain things that the Lord began to highlight in my spirit. And not just in my spirit, a friend of mine in United Kingdom also, also confirmed it. All right. And what I read today just confirmed that and I said to the Lord, Lord, help us. What a day we live in. What a day, what a time we live in. And so it, it, these are days where the, the Lord wants our righteousness to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisee. And if we don't begin to understand the kind of anointing or grace heaven is releasing and how we need to begin to operate our life within the, within, with, you know, within, you know, the environment where, you know, Jezebel, amen, as, 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 assume power and authority. I tell you, we may just find ourselves, you know, falling and, 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 and missing the mark. And, and, and these are days I see God exposing all kinds of things within the structure of the, of the body of Christ. And this is the reason why I think, if you ask me, I think this teaching is so very, you know, timely and vital. All right. This, the, I mean, all my life that I've been teaching, that I've been, you know, doing series, this one has really stretched me, I can tell you. I can tell you, stretch me mentally, sp physically, spiritually, and otherwise, because of, of, you know, of, of, you know, of the kind of demand, all right, and, and, and the, 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 you know, the, the things you begin to engage with. You know, people think, okay, when you just come here, you're speaking. I, no, some, sometimes as I'm speaking, it's like, you, you know, you're being bombarded with all kinds of arrows that is trying to, you know, distract you and, you know, and you have to keep your calm. It's not an easy thing. But, but, but something that I have seen that is clear is that God is dealing with something in our time and in our day. And I believe that the fact that God is speaking this to me, I believe he's also speaking to several others out there, amen, who are crying out, who, who are seeking, who are believing God, amen, for a change in the body of Christ. Because the, the truth is, we will not see a change in the nations until we see change first in the church. And this is the reason why God is judging the church now. If you ask me, this is the reason why God is judging. This judgment is to cleanse the house, is to pave the way. Amen. I used to say, Pastor Edgar, remember, we, I, we used to say this, all right? There is a people that will have to clear, first of all, all this mess, 
all this poopoo, all this shit that that you know that has littered the whole place. The, you know, uh, uh, all kinds of crazy things have, have littered the entire landscape of you know of the body of Christ. And we will have to be the one, amen, to start cleaning before God comes and do anything fresh and new. We we'll have to clean up all this mess. And this is the anointing of Jehu. Is this is the anointing of Jehovah to cleanse, to clean, all right, to, to wipe all this mess, amen, that the spirit of Jezebel, amen, has left. Because God, God is not going to start doing, building new things or saying new things, all right, on this ungodly things that we have seen all around. And it's like, the more you read and you see things, and you, the more you ask yourself, so who is next? And the more you're afraid, you want to check your own life. You know, you know, like, like I said, the, the, the things I wanted to talk about, you know, this other, you know, uh, evangelist who, who, who was under Rick Joyner's ministry and began to do funny, crazy things. And, and somebody is saying, but Rick Joyner know these things, but never exposed it. Never talked about it. And this is becoming a big thing now in America and the body of Christ. And, and I was talking about this and the Lord said to me, wait for it. This is the, this is the big fallout. I mean, and with all my, and I'm saying to the Lord God help me because I, I i don't want to be a casualty in the days that we live in and it demands that we individually look into our life that if there is something that is of jezebel if there i mean and remember i've in our early teaching I, I, well i was talking about this i made it clear that jezebel is a system so it's not just about one woman who paints her lips yes she did paint her lips here yes she made up make up her hair here yes all that amen is all part of the you know the system this is this is a system when you read things like this you don't limit it to just you know the feature of a woman amen why would she have to paint her hair why would she have to disguise herself what was she trying to do? Obviously to seduce, amen, Jehu, amen. But beyond that, she's also trying to, you know, you know, refigure herself. She's trying to show a different aspect of herself. But guess what? The Lord was ready to judge this spirit. And those who are with her, amen, were the people that God used. The very Enoch's, amen, that, 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 that are with her are the very people. I mean, Jehu never need to go up there. The authority of Jehu, the word of Jehu. Can you imagine? It's the one who, who among you up there that is on my side. And the Bible says, you know, two or three Enoch's, you know, just show their face. We're on your side. And Jehovah said, carry her, throw her down. How thou art fallen, son of the morning. Lucifer, how thou art fallen. We're going to be seeing a lot of falling in this last day. I, I hope you're getting the prophetic word that I'm giving. There's going to be a lot of dimensions amen that is connected to that spirit of 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 jezebel all right because listen to this we're not just talking about a woman i, I mean i can't stop talking about this we're not just talking about a woman we're talking about a system we're talking about a church remember that jezebel herself is a type of a church it is the type of the church the bible call it the halot church yes the church that has captured amen the hearts of men the church that has captured leadership and we're going to talk about that amen when we begin to deal with the 21 uh, concept of 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 you know jezebel but now i'm just dealing with the judgment of jezebel then uh, as we try to finish today i'm going to be dealing with 21 concepts architectural concept that we're going to be looking at about you know jezebel so the point i'm, I'm making is 
this these are sacred days so when we talk about this prayer i tell you my heart is very very you know sore like they will say here in south africa my heart is sore and I, and i and i really i feel for the body of christ i feel for every one of us amen that you know we're still holding on to certain things this is a time for us to go into our closet and begin to say god is there any aspect is there anything you know maybe maybe you know remember yesterday we were talking about gideon god said go to your father's house Amen. Go to your father's house. That is how close. That is how intimate. That is how personal you have to go in dealing with these things. Because if you if you if you take one of your father's gods, amen, and sit on it, and you think that you're going to go scot free, I tell you, you're creating a, a, a state of barrenness for yourself. You're creating, yes, a dimension where you'll be plunged into a season of barrenness, where you'll be plunged into judgment. Because that's what the words God said, I'm going to judge everything and anything that is connected to jezebel can you see there is not one single person that is affiliated amen to Ahab and jezebel that was not judged everything around the life i mean not just the 70 sons of jezebel of, of you know of, of Ahab were judged not just joram were judged everything anyone that connects let's let's read on I think I finished chapter chapter nine. I'm gonna to go to chapter ten. We're dealing with the judgment of Jezebel. Yes. Let's go to chapter ten. Chapter ten is the next. When I'm done with chapter 10, then we can thank you, Father. All right, yesterday we actually dealt with chapter 10 because yesterday was where I, I you know I, I deliberately jumped chapter 9 to chapter 10 yesterday to show. How you know uh, uh, Jehu, you know, killed you know the seventy sons of um, of Ahab. But I want to look at another concept. This the, I want to deal with you know the the judgment of the priest, the you know uh, uh, um, the priest at the altar of Baal. Because you see, we cannot deal with uh, Ahab, Jezebel. The sons of you know Ahab, amen, and leave the priesthood. We can't leave that. We can't leave the priesthood because if you leave the priesthood, it means the high places, amen. The high places are still empowered. It means the high places can, in fact, can reproduce themselves, or the priest, amen, can begin to recruit. So we, we, it's important that we deal with all these aspects. So let's quickly go down to chapter uh, chapter 10. If you're reading uh, uh, the scripture with me, chapter 10, and we're going to look at we're going to look at uh, verse 18. Jehu had, had, had been executing everything and anything along the path of uh, 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 the ways of God. Everything, anything that is illegitimate leadership, illegitimate relationship, Jehu was destroying them. Now in chapter 18, excuse me, 
in verse 18 of Second uh, Kings chapter 10. Then Jehu brought all the people together and said to them, listen to this, Jehu brought all the people, all the people together and said to them, Ahab, listen to this, Ahab, Ahab served Baal a little. Jehu was serving much. Now summon all the prophets of Baal. Listen to this. Summon all the prophets of Baal. Who are the prophets of Baal? The prophets of Baal, as we have, as we have you know, defined before, are the voice of Jezebel. False prophets are the voice of Jezebel. False prophets are the voice of Jezebel, and they are also the sons of Jezebel. So he says, summon all the prophets of Baal. All his servants, all the prophets of Baal, all his servants, and all the priests. This is uh, uh, 2 Kings 10, 18. In fact, I just read 19 now. Now summon, summon them, call them. All the prophets of Baal, not the tactics he has used. He said, Ahab worshipped Baal in a little way, but Jehu is going to worship him in a, in a bigger way. So now summon all the prophets of Baal, all his servants, all his priests. See that no one is missing because I am going to hold a great sacrifice to Baal. Anyone who fails to come will no longer live. But Jehu was acting deceptively in order, deceptively in order to destroy the servants of Baal. You see, if we're not ready to destroy, amen, anything connected to Baal in our life, in our homes, in our you know, ministry, listen to this, you have not dealt with Jezebel yet. Jehu said, call an assembly in honor of Baal. <laughs> Remember who we described Baal? We've described Baal, right? Baal was the god that back then they believed was the one supplying, amen, the, the rain, amen, the produce, you know, abundance, increase. So when, anytime they want a blessing, they go to Baal. Remember, uh, uh, when the children of Israel left Egypt, right? And uh, they, had, they had a stop before Mount Sinai. And, uh, the, you know, Moses, the servant of God, had gone to the hill of the Lord, amen, to go receive the commandment. The people said, no, we don't know what has happened to this Moses of a guy who's gone all forever. He's not coming back. Uh, Aaron, would you make us a God that will lead us further? I mean, of everything that Aaron could think of, he made them a God of calf. He made them a God of, of a golden calf. This thing is powerful, friends. And I want to reduce that thing because the, in fact today the worship of Baal is the worship of Mammon. Mammon is the spirit of Baal. Baal, amen, is connected to Mammon. Today, amen, the God of the age, the Bible called the God of the age, amen, the spirit of Mammon. The God, in fact, God said, amen, you cannot worship him and Mammon. Mammon is the God of this, of this world. Is the one in control. And what is Mammon? Amen. Mammon is connected to Baal worship. And this is the reason why I've said this before. This is the reason why in most you know, financial institutions, amen, you see the image of a, of, a, of a bull, of a calf. You see a gold image or bronze. You see it there. Yeah, that is a dedication to the God of Mammon. That is not just some coincidence. Come on, let's not kid ourselves. You think, oh, we're living in a modern world. This is the 21st century, but they still have the image there. So, because they know that that thing is connected to Baal. Listen to this. Principalities and power, amen, and the worshippers in the high places, amen, they know where they get their source from. They know, they know where they get their power from. So, if you and I, amen, are going to, God help us, if you and I are going to really serve God in this last day, 
This thing that I'm talking about in a rejoiner, do you know this thing boils down to the issue of money? This guy is so influential. This guy is so powerful. I mean, a lot of people, in fact, okay, maybe I'll talk about this some other time. All right? This thing is all connected to money, you know, to big ministry. But they're destroying the life of, you know, young people. They're destroying the life of young, young people. Not Rick Joyner, but this person, amen, who Rick Joyner was covering in the name of, uh, he's, my spiritual, he's my spiritual son. And now he's trying to defend himself. And now he's trying to challenge, in fact, almost like getting angry with the guy who exposed this thing, the, the whistleblower. What are we talking about? What, God help us in the days that we live in, friends. This, these are sacred days. My, my, I, I mean, my heart is just beating and say, God, help me. Now, the Bible says, you know, if these things can be happening to people who have journeyed with the Lord that far, you want to check your own life. You want to be, you, you don't want to be looking around and be messing around and be, you know, no, no, you, you want your life. You see, listen to this. The Lord said to me some time back, this is the time to go back to personal, personal worship, personal encounter, personal relationship with God. If you're running around, you're running here and there, you're going to miss God because many of the so-called men of God, you know, people of God that we are looking up to, that we are pursuing, that we are, many of them, we don't even know what they're doing behind. Many of them, all right, have, have, have chosen not to follow God again, like, like Ahab. Ahab decided not to follow God again. That's why Ahab went to marry, you know, Jezebel. Yes, when you decide not to marry, not to walk with God again, you go look for, amen, some Jezebel to marry. People who, who fall into the hand of Jezebel are those, amen, who, are, who have not really committed their way and who are not ready. Listen to this. I have made up my mind. I'm not looking for a, a successful ministry. No, no, no. I'm looking for a successful life. I want my life to be success. You know what that means? I want my life to be plain before God. Yes. If I fall, I want to, be Im I want to immediately rise up and say, God, I fall fell not because I, I i you know i wanted to fall i fell because i did not see the stone that tripped me you see there are two different things i did not see the stone that tripped me so i fell so i quickly get up not when i've made up my mind that because i need to compromise because i want now i want to have a big studio i want people to know me i want to do some big thing i want no no i don't want to do no big thing i just want to please god you see, if you cannot maintain a, a lifestyle that want to honor God and want to please God, you are going to fall into the hands of Jezebel. And I hope you understand that Jezebel is not just a woman. Jezebel is, is a system. Jezebel is a spirit, amen, that is at work in every dimension of human life. Jezebel, amen, is a, is, is, is a spirit of, of capital, is a spirit of money, economy, is out there, is a system. You're going to fall into it. In why you're trying to seek success. You see, a lot of people, the Bible says, while they're trying to look for success, while they're trying to look for money, they fail. Is money evil? Money is not evil. It is the love of it. And the love of, of it, amen, could mean different things. If you're trying to succeed in the things of God without following the due process of God, you're going to fall. You're going to fall. You're going to fall. You see, to fall is a decision that you, you, can, you can begin to pick, you can begin to see. You see, when you pursue success, you're pursuing success without giving, giving, giving heart to how God wants you to succeed. You're going to fall. Because there is a God out there that can make you successful. 
but will never allow you to live a life that honor God. So it's a choice you have to make. If you want to succeed via the principles of God, then you have to streamline your life to pleasing God. Ahab determined that he wanted to, he wanted to go his own way. He, he, he made that decision. He left, he left you know, the place God had given to him and went to the land of the Sudanians. Went to marry Jezebel. And brought the entire you know, household of Israel into, into, into destruction. Because that was what happened. God destroyed everything that they built. God raised one man. You see, our action that we did not repent for will cause God to raise somebody else to come and judge us. And you will understand, there are a lot of men of God today who don't want to, they don't want to have anything to do with Isaiah because God is using Isaiah Phillips, all right, to judge them. And that is creating fear in my own heart too because I'm checking my own life. You see, God can use you as his rod of judgment and if you, and if you are not careful, you also, God is going to raise somebody amen, as a rod of judgment to judge you because that's what happened to Jehu. Listen, Jehu, God, look at how powerful God used Jehu. You would think Jehu will, will walk you know, in the way of God and walk in the fear of God. Jehu himself went back to worshiping Baal. Bible says Jehu himself went back to worshiping in, you know, the, the, the same calf. Yes, the same calf. He's there. He's there in the scripture. Jehu went back worshiping the same calf. Amen. That was erected by Jeroboam. This thing is powerful, I'm telling you, friends. This thing we're touching. These high places. This is powerful. So this is not just some zealous zeal. I can do this. I can do that. No. When God, when God, you know, placed this thing on my heart to deal with this thing, I said to the Lord, you give me the grace and the capacity to do it. Because I know when you begin to deal with this thing, you're going to create more enemy. People are not going to love you. People are not going to like you. People are not going to support you. All kinds of things. But guess what? You, you stand and you proclaim the truth. You wait on the Lord. So if you are looking for a successful ministry and you, you don't know that you're ready for success, ah, then you're gone. Jezebel will take you. Let me read again. 2 Kings 10, 18. Then Jehu brought all the people together and said, Ahab served God in a little way. Jehu will serve him much. Now summon all the prophets of Baal, all his servants, and all his priests. See that no one is missing because I am going to hold a great sacrifice to Baal. Anyone who fails to come will no longer live. But Jehu was acting deceptive, deceptively in order to destroy the servants of Baal. Can you imagine? You, you the one God used to judge these people, yet he himself, God help us. Jehu said, call an, an assembly in, all, in, all, in, in honor of Baal. So they, they proclaimed it. Then he sent words throughout Israel. He sent words throughout Israel. And all the servants of Baal came. Not one stayed away. They crowded the temple. Listen to this. They crowded into the temple of Baal until it was full from, from one end to another. And Jehu said to, to, the, to the keeper of the, you know, to the, to the keeper of the doorway, bring the ropes. Excuse me, to the keeper of the, uh, of, of the wardrobe. Bring the ropes of all the servants of Baal. In other words, you know, you know the, the priestly garments, they, 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 you know, the wear to, to me. He said, bring the rope for all the servants of Baal. So they brought, they, they, they brought out the ropes for them. 
Then Jehu and uh, Jeho Jeho Johanadab, the son of uh, Rechab, went into the temple of Baal. Jehu said to the servants of Baal, Look around and see that no one who serves the Lord is here with you. <laughs> in case you know the priest of the Lord decides to say what's going on here let's gather with these people uh -uh. Jehu said to the servants amen to the you know to the priest of Baal he said look around make sure you don't have foreigners here make sure you don't have anyone that is not connected to Baal and they looked around there's no one so the Bible says in verse 24 so they went into so they went in into they, they went into make sacrifice and burnt offering. Now Jehu had posted 80, 80 men outside, you know, outside outside the wall, warning them. If anyone, if you let anyone of these men I am placing in your hand escape, it will be your life for his life. In other words, nobody must escape from the temple. Nobody. As soon as Jehu had finished, as soon as Jehu had finished making, you know, the burnt offering, he ordered the guards and officer, go in and kill them all. Let no one escape. So they cut them down with the sword. The guards and officers threw their body out and enter into the, in, excuse me, and enter the shrine and the temple of Baal. They, they brought the, the sacred stone out of Baal, out, out of Baal, uh, out of the temple of Baal, and burnt it. They demolished the sacred stones of Baal and tore down the temple of Baal and the people, and, and, and the people who use this, who excuse me, and the people used it as a latrine till this day. They use it as a toilet. God help us. So Jehu destroyed, you know, Baal, uh, Baal worship in Israel. Look at this. This is powerful. Verse twenty-eight. So Jehu destroyed. Baal worship in Israel. However, he did not turn away from the scene of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. This guy is a principality. Jeroboam. I mean, look at all the reformation that was going on. This is the reformation of Jehu here. Powerful reformation going on. Cleansing the land. This is the guy who destroyed Amen. Uh, 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 uh. Ahab, destroy the sons of Ahab, destroy, you know, Jezebel, destroy, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it now? Everything that connects to, so that tells us something, that there is still one more principality, even stronger than Jezebel. That's my conclusion here. The altar of Jeroboam. So maybe that will, that's going to be our next, you know, concept. If we're going to look at this, take this thing forward again. The altar, what, what is this about this altar, amen, of, of Jeroboam, the son of Naboth, that drew the heart of Jehu back? Friends, I, I'm just, you know, bringing this out for you to see. So don't, don't, Begin to lie. Yes, we we've killed we've killed Jezebel. <laughs> there is that. There is one single altar. Yes, today the Bible says Jehu destroyed Baal worship in Israel. However, he did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam the son of Naboth, which he had caused Israel to commit. Listen to this. Listen to this, friends. The the worship of the golden calf at better 
and at Dan. Jehu did not turn away from the worship of the golden calf at Bethel and at Dan. These are major high, high you know, principality that has been set up. Bethel is supposed to be a place called the house of bread. The place where we get revelation. Yeah. <laughs> the place where we write books. We've written so many materials. All kinds of things. Yeah. Isaiah, oh, that man is anointed. Listen. It's not going to be about the anointing. If the anointing is not matching the character in this last day, ah, you're going to bow down to the altar of Baal. Because, you see, I can tell you this. The enemy is going to make sure that you are frustrated, you are pushed to the wall where you will begin to bow down to this altar. I mean, you're, you're still going to be having revelation. You're still going to be having revelation. At, at Bethel, Bethel, Bethel. Bethel is the house of bread. It's the place of revelation. Jeroboam is a dangerous guy. He's a... Alright, yes, so, so we go. Alright, so, like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, um, we want to continue to keep our eyes on the Lord. We want to continue to behold His, his face and His direction for us, even as His Spirit continues to guide us. We are in a day where we are living in all kinds of uh, uh, spiritual realities and manifestations. And it's our duty, it's our responsibility to keep our eyes on the Lord and keep our hope in His Word and our faith on Him. In fact, this morning, I just quickly want to encourage us as we, you know, get ourselves in the mood of prayer and, and, and posture our heart again in talking to him and allowing him to speak back to us because indeed that is what effective prayer is. Effective prayer is when we talk to God and he talks back to us and we allow him to you know reveal his heart, his mind to us in a way and manner that we can begin to have perspective regarding every aspect of our journey with him and I think that is something that is noble. We need to do that. There are several things uh, that the Spirit of the Lord has, you know, brought, brought across our path in the past uh, couple of months. And uh, I felt that we are in a time right now where we need to, you know, look back to some of the things the Spirit of the Lord has said. But beyond just looking back, we also need to begin to remind us, excuse me, remind ourselves of you know the 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 what I call you know the the primary principles of our journey in the things of the spirit. While we deal with you know some of the major aspects of you know the demand of God and the speakings of God, yet there are those you know little aspects that I always you know refer to. I think one of the things that personally I have come to you know uh, uh, appreciate is that as we journey with the Lord, we need to constantly keep ourselves abreast with those, you know, little but very specific, you know, principles that allow us to daily, daily journey with God, daily walk with God, and daily live our life in the direction of, of His intentions. Because we can be so caught up with, you know, the big things and, uh, you know, the... The major things that, you know, there are things we call major. There are things we call big things. While, you know, those little aspects that 
keeps you know the you know everything that we do intact are beginning to you know be neglected and i think uh, um while, while we journey into pressing into the realities of the demand of god and the kingdom of god we also need to look at you know those little aspects those little areas of our life those uh, uh, little uh, uh, um, you know principles in the word of god like the issues of keeping our faith you know uh, and and studying the word of god and, and you know daily praying and you know meditation and you know studying the word of god you know those are things that most time we take for granted you know the concept of you know living our life in faith and in belief you know trusting god on on a day-to-day basis right so why why these aspects are you know are, are, are important we, we we most time neg- neg- neglect them because we feel right well well I've, I've learned about this thing i know those things and then you realize that you find yourself slipping you know just slipping you know you know via track so uh, it's important that we constantly remind ourselves we we bring this truth across our path you know and, and and refresh our mind and renew our minds again with them and i think if we do that that will constantly keep us right in line with you know the, the the desires of god and the demand of god regardless excuse me regardless of what what may be happening around us and i just felt this morning that i should you know share a little bit on on faith just to you know kind of if you will you know re- rehearse our, our understanding again and bring us to perspective regarding that which the spirit of the lord is saying all right so that we can at least constantly walk in that you know a uh, position of faith because faith belief trust these you know virtues are, are things we've got to minister to daily in in our spirit man right we have to constantly you know remind ourselves keep ourselves abreast that we are walking by faith and not by sight all right it's easy to jump out of faith to move out of faith and start walking by sight and start allowing all right you know the conditions around us to begin to determine or even judge our position so i i felt you know that it's important particularly you know starting you know a new month this is the the first uh, day of, of of september and and that's that's something to be you know to be grateful for that the father has brought us into a new month into a new day i mean we have just few few months left to you know to to the end of the year so this is a point where we need to start giving thanks to god but beyond just giving thanks reminding ourselves of the journey where we're coming from how far we've come and looking back and you know really you know seeing learning of the things realizing the things that we have learned before there are several things that we you know we we, we learned this year and uh, one of the things that i was looking at there's a concept we we dealt with there's a concept that we dealt with where's that yes preparing for the next season we talked about this and uh, so many things that were actually you know revealed in that you know a series of teaching we did and uh, you know just looking at that these this are kind of teachings we need to go back to and and, and remind ourselves and and keep ourselves afresh and and alive again on the things that the father you know has spoken to us i remember it was peter apostle peter who said i, I know you know those things in fact uh, uh, you, you've been establishing them but i really want to remind you of these things again so that you can be you know be established in the present truth 
So the present truth always connects us to the things the Father has spoken to us, has revealed to us in the past, all right? So we want to live our life, all right, in that spiritual position where we're building, you know, precept upon precept, line upon line, a little here, a little there. And that gives us, you know, you know a full perspective of our walk with God, of our journey, and, uh, and the realities of, you know, what we are coming into. And so, what, like I said, I, I will want to really uh, draw our attention to the concept of faith. But before I do that, I felt I should go back to, you know, our, you know, key scripture that, you know, we look at for our morning devotion. All right. Because I feel the scripture to me is, you know, is a key. And it gives us direction, it gives us focus, it gives us, you know, a, a, a posture and a, the ability to, you know, to stand and to stay focused and to continue to press further into the heart of the Father. Isaiah chapter 50 verse, you know, verse 4 to 5, it says, The sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue to know the words that sustains the weary. He awakens me, he, he awakens me morning by morning, awakens my ears and he, he awakens my ears to listen like one being taught. The Lord has opened my ears and I have not been rebellious. I have not turned my back. I, I offer, okay, okay, that's uh, that's to five. But let's look at verse, uh, uh, verse four again. It says, the sovereign Lord has given me an instructed tongue. Well, my prayer this morning is that we all have what is called an instructed tongue. Right when we get instructed in the directions and in the directives of the spirit, when we get instructed based on that which the spirit of the Lord, Amen, is demanding and is, and and is speaking to us in the now, all right, we receive what is called, Amen, words that sustains not just you know the weary out there, but also sustains us because we can only sustain or empower, encourage others, Amen, from that which we ourselves have received. All right, so the sovereign Lord and and as we have explained before. That this is a position of you know of, of authority. This is a position where you know the, the sovereignty of God is what you know give us guidance and direction or right, into the days that we find ourselves and the circumstances that may be surrounding us. So we are not moved, we are not shaken, we should not be alert. Okay, excuse me, we should not be we should not be moved by what is happening around us. We should be alert, we should be focused, we should be you know, you know, we should be precise and, and we should be you know be determined, all right, to go through whatever it is because he's the one giving us instructions and direction. So it says, the sovereign Lord has given me instructed tongue to know words that sustains the weary. May, may our words this morning be able to sustain every form of weariness around us, within us, and, you know, uh, 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 within the community. That's our desire, all right? He has awakened me morning by morning. I pray this morning that the Father will indeed awaken our ears, our hearts, our minds. You see, when our hearts and, 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 and our thoughts are awakened to the desires of God, to the demand of God, then we cannot but to prophesy, we cannot but to respond. We cannot but to, you know, to, to follow. We cannot but to live our life in, in, in the directives of the spirit, right? The plans of the enemy is to keep us in a state where, all right, we, 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 we find ourselves slumbering. We find ourselves being dragged away. We find ourselves being distracted, all right, from that which the spirit of the Lord is requiring and demanding of us. So we want to be able to keep ourselves, amen, and our lives, our homes, our family, you know, our ministry in line with, 
mean, the speakings of God and the demand of God. All right. So that is something that I felt I need to quickly draw our attention to, right? Because uh, this is our Beyond Devotional, you know, uh, 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 segment, and what we try to do, all right, in this devotional segment is to keep our hearts, amen, in the in the position of you know prayer and and, and meditation and listening to you know the speakings of God and the demand of God and know that which God, amen, is requiring of us. We want to speak from a position of truth. The Bible says. You know, we must leave, amen, by every word that proceed from the mouth of God. All right. So that is that. I, like I said, I really want to quickly just remind us of, you know, the concept of faith this morning. Our faith must be renewed. Our faith must be sustained. Our faith must be equipped. Our faith must be uh, rehearsed. We must live our life in that position where we know that we are walking by faith. We are living by faith and not by sight. All right, it's easy. We live. We live in the world of physicality. We live in the world of you know material. All right, everything around us has to do with what we see, what we touch, what we feel. All right, what we taste. What you know. What you know. Uh, the opinions of men. All right. And and all these things can, in fact, bring us to a position where we begin to live our life in, you know, in the in the in the in, in the reality of the environment. Okay, what the, the Bible says, we need to live our life, amen, from a position that is not defined or judged by this, you know, world of elements. We need to come to that position where our our eyes, amen, are on the Lord and our faith, amen, are on that which He is speaking. All right, there, there, there are things that the Father is is doing and saying and, 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 you know, bringing to birth in our time that we need to keep ourselves abreast with. But as we, like I said, as we live in this, you know, day-to-day world of elements, we, we, you know, what we see, what we touch, what we feel, amen, words of men, it's easy for us to be deviated. It's easy for us to be distracted. It's so easy for us to get to a point where, all right, we, 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 we begin to you know, focus more on that which, you know, we see in that which men, you know, are saying and that which the economy is saying and that which politicians are saying and that which are uh, uh, we hearing that is not really bringing us, you know, uh, encouragement and, 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 and sustenance. All right. It's so easy. It's so easy. You, you, you can be you can be in the state of you know spiritual you know reality at this moment and then the next morning excuse me the next moment you find yourself all right in a state where you're wondering how did I get to this point and that is because amen we are not living in that constancy that you know minute to minute hour to hour amen you know continual attitude of journey with God God said to Abraham walk before me and be perfect but before he said that i would like to quickly go to that scripture in uh, um in genesis i thought I actually open to genesis chapter 12 all right i'm just quickly going to go to genesis 12 in my in my bible here it is important that we constantly look into the word of God and, and remind ourselves of, you know, the promises of God and, and, and his directives. All right. The word of God is still very much alive. God's plan and purpose, amen, are still very much relevant to us today. All right. Let's look at Genesis. This is important. The Bible says, the Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's house, and go to the land I will show you. 
Then the promise followed. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all people on the earth will be blessed through you. So here is a call. And there's the promise that followed. And, and, and the word that I quickly want to, you know, bring across our path in, remind, in reminder of, you know, uh, the journey and the faith of Abraham, all right, is that the father called him. The Bible says, the Lord called Abraham, leave, leave your father's house, leave your country, all right, leave your country, leave your father's house, leave your household to the land that I will show you. So we see the journey of transition, amen, from this, you know, uh, uh, scripture, the Lord established a powerful principle for us, all right, that we are being called out of something into something. We are being called out of the known to the unknown. We are being called out of that which, all right, we're used to, amen, to that which, in fact, we are not uh, aware of, all right? God said, I'm the one that is going to show you. So there is a land that we are coming into that uh, it is going to take, you know, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the grace of God for us to see. So living in that continual dependence and trust, amen, is innegotiable, all right? Because if we have been called out of that which we know, if we have been called out of that which we are familiar with, if we have been called out of that which, all right, we're used to, into that which we are not, we are not familiar with, in fact, into that which we don't know, into that which we, are not, we have not seen, into that which we have not uh, touched, into that which we have not uh, handled, all right? Because these are things that have defined us, all right, as fallen kind of humans, all right? Our life is based on what we touch, what we feel, what we see, all right, where we were born, all right? These are the these are the dimensions that have shaped our world, our environment, all right, have shaped who we are, how we see life, how we see things, how we engage, how we connect with people, and how we define, you know, joy and peace and tranquility and fulfillment and success. Here is God now calling Amen Abraham, our, you know, our, our, you know, our father. You know, God said, leave your father's house to a land that I'm going to show you. So we, we begin to see God all right, engage Abraham from, you know, a position of of uh, of a total life of dependence a total life of dependence and and it's important we bring ourselves to you know to you know to 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 remind to you know to to rem, to remind that, that our faith amen and our calling amen is totally depend you know dependent on that which the father is 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 doing or is about to bring us into and that begins to tell me that uh, we cannot come to a point where we think, all right, ah, we've arrived. We know what God is doing. We know what God is saying. Because if we live in such, you know, a uh, concept of, of faith, excuse me, concept of uh, attitude, then we are going to begin to, you know, uh, move away or, you know, shift away from the position of faith. And, it, and it's important that we constantly, you know, remind ourselves. And that's the purpose. In fact, that's the reason why. You know, I'm, 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 you know, bringing this word across, all right, to remind you and also to remind myself, all right, that we live, amen, by faith and not by sight. We're living in a position, amen, of faith. We're living in a position where our life, amen, is defined and determined by faith. Now, what is faith? The scripture went in Hebrews chapter, you know, Hebrews chapter, in Hebrews chapter, chapter 11, not sure what is going on with my computer this morning. Just shutting down all the pages that I've opened. Thank you, Father. 
Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hebrews 11 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's a definition of faith from the scripture itself. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of the things that we do not see. I mean, this is almost like, uh, you know, an oxymoron. I mean, you, you're living a two kinds of life, a, a two dimension of existence. All right. This is a this is a total paradox. All right. Now faith is being sure. How can you be sure of what you do not see? You're, you're, you're sure of it. He uh, said, now faith is being sure of what you hope for. You, you're hoping for something. You're sure of what you're hoping for, yet you have not seen it. Yes. And you're certain. Amen. He said, you're certain of what you have not seen. So we've got to understand that this is a call. This is a dimension of a life. Amen. That is bringing us to a position where we can begin to live our life from a position of certainty. Certainty in the unseen, certainty, amen, in that which men have not heard, certainty in that which we have not touched. All right, so waking up every day should, should awaken our heart, should allow us to begin to, amen, feel, if, if you will, that, that, that sense of nearness, that sense of, you know, proximity to that which the Spirit of the Lord, amen, has prepared for us. And I think this is a good thing about faith. And this is where we are totally different from the world system. The world system can talk about hope. But guess what? Hope is built on faith. Hope is not built on hope. Hope is built on faith. Hope is not built on how you've been able to psych yourself up, how you've been able to positively talk yourself into it. This is not the concept of, you know, being positive. Yes, in our faith, in our work with God, we must be positive. But positivity without amen, a sense of faith in God, amen, I tell you, it's going to lead us to a point of disappointment. Because you, you can believe in a lie. As we have seen, a lot of people are, have, you know, uh, you know, some level of, you know, you know, positiveness in regards to certain things. All right. They, they believe that, okay, I can do this thing. All right. But <laughs> the reality is that you're dealing with the past of darkness that can frustrate, that can hinder, that can, you know, because if, if you, if you live life just on, you know, being positive alone, then it means that you're not, you're not, you're not aware, all right, that the, the world that we live in, amen, are influenced by two systems, by two kingdoms, by two powers, all right, and the powers of darkness, amen, do, do not really care if you're being positive, all right, you can be positive, amen, and and they will and they will get you to a point where, all right, they will make sure that you're frustrated and 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 you give up. So uh, we need to understand that the, the the context of our hope, amen, is connected to our faith in God. That is the factor. Our faith is connected, amen, to God, to the promises of God. God never fails. We don't have we don't have faith on nothing. We have faith, amen, on on a person, not on something. We have faith, amen, in a person. We have faith in God. And that's a reality that I believe that in the days that we live in must become, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, more real to us. That we walk by faith. That walking by faith is towards a person, not towards something. Amen. Not just, okay, uh, yes, I have hope. No, you've got to have hope in the Lord. The Bible says those who put their hope in the Lord will not be put sh to shame. So we have to. Uh, all right every day remind ourselves trust in that which the spirit of the lord amen as 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 spoken the word of god and not just some you know uh words without without life 
without you know without hope without you know a, a capacity all right to produce so when we find ourselves in a state where it seems as if there's a delay or you know what we believe god is not is not coming to pass all right listen to this timing is defined by our own concept of expectation Time is defined by our own concept of expectation. We have to shift, amen, the focus of our time, amen, to that of God. When we shift our focus, amen, of what time is and we define time based on, amen, the principles of God and the values of God, we will not be moved. We will not, amen, find ourselves where we begin to feel, you know, uh, uh, jittery, you know, feel, you know, uh, 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 you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, anxious and feel fearful and feel doubtful and feel worried because all of this amen a product of you know a, a, a belief system that is not you know trust in that is not you know fully built on on you know on on the on trust in the lord bible says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding when we trust in the lord with all our heart and we're not leaning onto our own understanding. The Bible says, for he himself will guide and direct us in the path to, to go. So I, I want to remind us this morning as I encourage you and as I encourage myself, you know, as I encourage the body of Christ as we step into all right, this new month. Let, let our faith, let our hope, amen, be in God. If, if, if your faith, amen, has been built on something else, if your faith has been built on, you know, the promise of men, if your faith has been built on what people said, if your faith has been built in just what the doctor said, if your faith has been built in what just the lawyer said, or what or the, the, you know, the economist has seen, I tell you, you're going you're gonna to get yourself a bit disappointed, I tell you, because everything today around us, all right, are falling apart, they are collapsing. The Bible says God is shaking the foundation, amen, of many generations. The foundations, amen, of what we have believed, the foundation of what we have trust, the foundation of what we've expected have been shaken, except we built on the Lord. Only the house built, amen, on the foundations of the Lord, amen, will stand in this last day. So I want to encourage us this morning. Let's keep our heart. Let's keep our faith. Let's keep our life, amen. On the promises of God, let's not allow ourselves, amen, to be to be distracted, to be carried away, all right, to be lured away by, you know, by the lies of the enemy. Bible says, put your hope and your trust in the Lord and you will not be ashamed. You will not be moved. You will not be moved. So one thing that I quickly, I remember, you know, sharing the scripture a few days ago while we're dealing with the concept of, you know, Jezebel. But I, I really want to, you know, once again, highlight the scripture in 2 Corinthians because when we talk about faith, as I've, you know, uh, posted this morning on, on my timeline, when we talk about, you know, uh, you know, faith, you cannot, you cannot reduce or you cannot change or you cannot disconnect faith from, all right, attitude. Attitude is how we respond, how we believe, how we see things, all right? Attitude is that, you know, state of, 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 of a life, okay, that, that, that says, this is how I'm going to, react to this situation this is how i'm going to you know see this situation that's an attitude all right you can have a good attitude and you can have a terrible attitude most time attitudes are formed all right based on the environment all right that, that we find ourselves we we, we we some some people have got good attitudes some people have got terrible bad attitude all right you can enter into an atmosphere where you have people with the right attitude and you, you just see how things just open up you just see people you know stop you know 
are, are expressing themselves in, in true positivity. All right, and you can enter an atmosphere where all right, the attitude that meets you is negative. And when you find yourself, all right, within a negative, you know, environment, negative attitude, it is difficult, amen, to walk by faith. It is difficult to live your life, amen, based on the values and the principles of God. So attitude, amen, and faith goes together, all right? If you read the, if you look at the scripture, the Bible says the, the scripture that we read. It said, "Now faith is being sure, sure assurance." Amen. Is an attitude. I can choose, amen, to 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 believe, to trust in what I have read, or I can choose not to, based on what I have faced in the past, based on what people have said to me, based on the circumstance. All right. So I can choose. You know, when you find yourself in some negative, let, let's assume you find yourself in a state of an accident. All right. How you respond to that condition, amen, is going to be defined by the kind of attitude that you have built, amen, into your life. All right? Now, attitude are shaped and are formed by the word of God or by the words of men or by the words of the world. By, you know, your environment, how you were born, the environment, your home, you know, the, the things, you know, your parents have, have built into you. All right? Can, you know, we, 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 we build people, amen, by, you know, by giving them words or by speaking into their lives all right and those words if they are positive words build amen the right attitude in them all right and if we if we build people amen if you will if we build people by imparting into their lives negative negative things we say negative things to them we never encourage them we never see you know their 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 potential we never encourage their potential all right we we're always negative and we always speak negative we're always you know you know pessimistic all right we always you know pull, pulling them down guess what those people are going to grow up all right becoming negative people all right? People are product of the environment that shaped them. And those environment, amen, establishes attitude in their life. And that's why you discover that certain people, no, you, you, no matter what you try to do, no matter what you try to offer to them, they are very, very negative. They're just negative. They never, even if tomorrow somebody tells them you know you're gonna get and you're gonna get a promotion you're gonna get this you're gonna get that they will always come up with a pessimistic attitude ah, anything can happen i'm not sure even if i'm gonna get a job i'm not sure if that's i'm not you know they're always very negative why because they have they have grown right and they've allowed the negative attitude in them to grow so it's difficult for you to have faith in an app in an app in, in an environment all right that is very negative that's why environment amen, plays a major role in how we grow and how we, 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 we define amen, our work with God. All right? If you grow in an environment or you're living in an environment where all right, it's always negative, it's always negative. All right? The words you hear is negative. The things that you see is negative. All right? the, 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 the people around you are negative. There is every possibility that you are going to become negative. There's every particularly if you have not, you know, you have not, you know, developed, you know, some, you know, spiritual foundation in the word of God. All right. Because I mean, I, I live, I live in an environment that, you know, most time is negative. All right. Based on my color, based on my, you know, where I come from, based on, you know, my belief system. All right. Based on my position about the things of God. So because people don't like that. So people will be negative to you. If you choose a position 
of standing with God, if you choose a position of, you know, believing what God has said, if you choose a position of, you know, you want to carry, you want to carry the principles of God to the end, guess what? People are going to throw negativity to you. They're going to say, what do you think you are? Do you think you're better than us? Do you think you're going to change the world? Do you think you're, you, you know, you're this, you know, super spiritual, all right? People are going to be very negative. So if you have not developed that capacity to take, you know, to take your ground, to take your stand, you're going to run away like, like you know, uh, uh, the man of God ran away, you know, Elijah ran away because, you know, the, 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 there's, a, you know there's, there's so much that you can take. So, now that's why I'm, I'm talking about this this morning that we have to daily remind ourselves of who we are and where we stand in the things of God it has to be a daily continuary hazard if you, if you get to a point where you think well I've learned so much about faith I've learned so much about trust I've learned enough all right, about you know, hope and all these things I know I don't need them they're already in me I tell you there is a spirit Jezebel might just be there somewhere all right? there may just be one powerful demonic you know you know uh, 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 beliefs that have been positioned in an attitude. It may just be one person, one person in your life or around you, all right, that the enemy is using, all right, to, you know, to wear that sense of faith that you have in God, all right, because whenever you're trying to do something positive, that person, all right, is, is, is negative, all right? So if you have not learned to look to the other way and not be bothered and, and, not, and not be carried away and not be moved all right, by that negative attitude, very soon that thing is going to affect you because guess what? We are humans and humans, like I always say, humans all right, are made of feelings. We are made of, you know, a, 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 you know, a, 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 you know, attitude. We're, we're made of, you know, all kinds of emotions. So we, we, we cannot say, oh, well, uh, um, I don't bother about what that person says. You're going you're gonna to bother, particularly if you love the person, particularly if you care about the person, all right? If you look at, you know, many of the, many of the people in the word of God, all right, who somehow got themselves in a situation where, all right, they begin to, you know, doubt God, all right? It's because, I mean, look at, look at, in fact, look at what Elijah said. He said, I am zealous for your people. I am zealous. So sometimes the zeal we have for people, amen, can actually position us or bring us to a point where we begin to get negative when we don't see them respond in the way we expect them to respond. All right? We can get to a point in our work. Imagine if, let, assuming you you have a son, all right, who, who you, have, you have prayed for, you've been, you've been working on for, you know, many years, all right, and you've seen this son, all right, you know, begin to show a sign of, you know, uh, maybe positivity in terms of responding to the things of God, and suddenly the son gets up, you know, comes up one day, all right, maybe drunk, or, you know, you know, do, start doing funny things, and, and you're like, but my son, this is not my, the, 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 the plan, this is not the things I've shown you, why are you doing this, all right, and, and instead of that son, all right, you know, maybe repenting and say, oh, father, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to, I, I don't know what happened to me, and, but the son just like, look, father, daddy, don't disturb me, please, I'll have my own life to live, please, please, don't bother me, and please just leave me alone all right are you going to like say to yourself well it doesn't really bother me i'm just going to carry on with my own thing with the lord no that 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 that, that attitude of you know of your son is going to impact your it's going to impact your life you're going to feel you're going to feel sore you're going to feel sad you're going to feel what's going on with my son 
and and if you're not strong in the Lord, all right, that may begin to, particularly when you see that son not changing, all right, you seen instead of the child, all right, changing, you seen you know the child even getting more worse, or you know one day you see the, the you know the child going into a fight with somebody, the child is caught or something happened, and you're wondering, but what's wrong with my child, all right? You're gonna feel bothered, and the enemy at that point is gonna come and start telling you, you see, you're a, you're a bad father, you see, you 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 are, you are failed in your work with God. You, you understand? And the enemy will continue to, you know, lie to you because you see, when we accept negative thoughts, when we accept negative thoughts, alright, those thoughts forms attitude in our life to the point that, amen, we begin to what? Manifest those attitudes. You see, attitudes are formed by thoughts. Just like, amen, you know, uh, you know, faith are, are formed by attitude, are the attitude of believing God, alright? If, if you ever find yourself growing in faith, it's because you choose, amen, to believe what God has said. It's a choice, alright? You, 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 you can, you can, you, I can pray for you, amen, for your faith to be increased. Yes, we can pray for that. But if you don't take what all right, I've been prayed and begin to embellish amen, that word into your life. All right, that when situation comes, rather than being negative, you choose to stand and say, Look, I'm going to deal with this thing based on the word of God. You see, that's an attitude you've got to develop. Nobody walk with God, amen, without developing an habitual attitude, amen, of faith. You have to. And faith, amen, is is, 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 is is a manifestation in the midst of opposition, in the midst of that which, amen, opposes the standard of God, opposes the will of God. So every day, this is something that must that we must do every day, every day. As I'm speaking right now, in the next two, you know, uh, uh, two hours, there about the moment you step out of your house, you're going to church, you're going somewhere, listen to this, you're going to face situation where, amen, would demand you respond either by faith, amen, or by what you see in the, in the human realm, in the human realm. You have to be determined that daily, and that's how our faith grows, all right? The more challenges, the more negativity that are thrown to you, the more you exercise, amen, your faith to be positive, to trust God, amen, to believe God, the more you grow that's how we grow we don't grow just by reading the word of god yes reading the word of god is dead and it's good and but that is just basically amen a potential because then the enemy is going to come and challenge what you have read amen and challenge what you have believed all right and your respond your respond amen to that challenge is what define and determine if your faith is going to grow to the next level or not it's not the fact that you've heard the word of God. It's not the fact that you say amen to what amen you've heard. It's not the fact that you 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 know you 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 are you're positive and you believe in what has been said. You can believe amen, but your response is negative. You can believe amen, but your response to challenges, like I said, if you find yourself in a situation you've got an accident, all right, and and somebody says, oh, this thing is going to lead you to death. You're going to die out of this, all right. You can either accept it accept what they've said or you can believe what god says in his word and say no no that's not my portion even to the point of death you don't stop having faith the bible says amen of in of the heroes of faith the bible says they they, they, they did not enter the promise they did not enter the promise they saw it from afar and they embraced it they embraced it and it was imputed unto them you see as faith this is, you see, faith is something we're gonna we're gonna walk by till we till we die or till Jesus come, and we have to daily grow in our faith. 
All right? Let's not grow in religion. Let's not grow in tradition. Let's grow in faith. Let's not grow in what we assume. All right? Faith, our walk with God is a walk of faith. All right? I started by, you know, before many of us connected, I started by reading, uh, 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 you know, Genesis chapter 12. The Bible says God called you know, Abraham, God said, Abraham, leave your, leave your father's house, leave your household to a land I will show you. It's God showing us. You don't know the place. You have not been there before. You have not seen it. Amen. There is no, there is no map there. Amen. There's no GPS there. Amen. There, there, there are no direction there. It's God leading you. So if it's God leading you, amen, you have to do what? Trust in him. And as, as you as you trust in him, you have to you have to amen, you know, be, you know, turn your eyes, turn your face away from other things around you that will because listen to this. When God is leading you to this promised land, all right, you're gonna be going through you know so many territories. Come on, you're gonna be going through so many, you know, uh, uh, you know, lands. <clears throat> Remember, it is the Lord taking you to the land. There are all kinds of lands that you're going to be meeting before you get to the land that God is taking you into. That you're going to meet the land of the Canaanites, the, 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 the Jebusites, the Perizzites, all right, the Philistines, uh, and the, uh, you know, and all these heights and all these negative issues and people and enemies, all right. Their plan is to make sure that you don't get to the promised land. Yes. Yes, while, while, while Abraham was on his journey to the promised land, it got to a point, the Bible says he had to go down to Egypt. Why? Because there will be circumstance. There will be circumstance of farming. There will be circumstance of need. There will be circumstance of provision. All right? And, and if you don't learn to trust in God, the moment you begin to look around and you're not looking up, God... How do I, where do I go from here? Do I turn left? Do I turn right? All right. Or, you understand? If you're not hearing from God, you're going to go the way to Egypt. Because Egypt is always the alternative to the things of God. Yes. In Egypt, there is always bread there. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that in Egypt, there's always bread? Why do we, that, why, why, why do we find ourselves, Christians, we always find ourselves walking in Egypt. Why? Why? Why can't we start our own business, do our own thing? Why can't we, amen, be the one defining, amen, our own provision? Why do we have to depend on the provision of Egypt? Yes, in the times of famine, the Lord will say to them, go down to Egypt. That's if, amen, God wants you to go to Egypt. But, 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 the, the, but the concept of divine provision, amen, has to come from God. And the point that I'm making is, you don't go to, down to Egypt except the Lord asks you to go down to Egypt. So if, if you're living in Egypt, you, you've got to understand that there's a lot of compromise you're going to do. Yes, there's a lot of compromise. So we need to begin to think, amen, from the concept of what the Bible calls a more excellent way, all right? A more excellent way. There's nothing wrong in walking in Egypt. There's nothing wrong amen, in going down to Egypt. But make sure that it's the Lord sending you down because if, you, if it's not the Lord, you're going to be saying, you know, to, to, you know, to Pharaoh, amen, she, she is my sister. <laughs> Come on. She is my sister. All right. She is my sister. Instead of saying she's my wife. Why? Because you know that when you speak truth in Egypt, guess what? Guess what? They, they're going to hate you. Egypt don't like people who speak truth. They like people who lie. They like people who compromise. So we have to find amen. You know, the voice of God within our process of journey. God is taking us to a place called the promised land. So we have to understand what the spirit of the God said. Abraham, leave your father's house to a land I will show you. Yes. So when we live our life in accordance to the standard of God, please note that there will always be challenges of need. There will always be challenge of, 
of trust. There will always be, there will always be a challenge of our faith. Like I said earlier on, the moment you decide that you want to live by faith, you want to live for God, all right, you're going to be bombarded with all kinds of negativity. All right, negativity coming from all right, maybe your son, maybe your wife, maybe your husband. All right, because if people are not seeing the same thing, that's why I keep saying, all right, that even in a home, all right, we must have faith, we must have understanding, we must have, we must have purpose, purpose, amen, established by the leader. This is where we are going, so that whatever we are facing, amen, we all can face it collectively. But in a situation where it is one person defining, amen, uh, what what is happening, what, what where we are going, others can be negative. Also, we say, Lord, no, no, no. I don't believe. I don't trust. Okay, I'm not gonna allow. Others could say, well, I'm, I'm not going to allow this thing. No, no, no. Because they're not seeing from the same amen, point. We're not, we're, not, we're not drinking from the same stream. Amen. We're not reading from the same Bible. All right? While you are living by, you know, by what God says, all right? people around you want to live by amen, the Bible of the world. They want to live by what the, what the world system amen, is saying. No, we cannot, we cannot live, in, live our life in this new day, in this season. As we continue to press Amen. Into the things of God, because what I'm sharing all this is, is all right. Is that we need to develop, we need to refresh, we need to empower. Amen. We need to renew our faith in this new day, in this first you know uh, month of September. I want you to amen. Make up your mind that you're gonna live by faith. All right, live by faith. Say to yourself, I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to trust in the Lord, amen, regardless of the negativity that I may go through, that I may face, all right? If, if, if you want to go, but they don't want to go, amen, continue to pray. And the point is, don't let the fact that they don't want to go with you, amen, keep you in, in the position where you become negative, where you become so sad and you become so... Uh, 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 discourage that it start affecting your faith this is what happens when we develop a relationship of codependence amen a relationship of codependence there is every tendency that we will be discouraged by what other people amen are not doing yes elijah said i'm zealous for your people is that the reason why you ran from jezebel well that was one of the reasons i'm zealous for your people because they never supported me i'm the only one i've been i've been praying i've been seeking I've been fighting this battle. Lord, I'm tired. You will find yourself where you get tired. And I'm sharing this thing because I know these are the realities. You know, as, as, as a former pastor, I seen this thing. And as I look around, I see people who used to be, who used to have faith, who used to be encouraged in the things of God today. They're nowhere to be found. There are a lot of people that I used to know on Facebook who used to, yes, today, some of them are, are backsliding. Some of them, you know, have given up. Some of them, you know, are no longer into the things of God again. And the reason for that, amen, is because something happened to them. Something happened to them. Some, something happened to them that affected their faith, that affected their hope and their trust. We read a scripture. I'm going to read it again. It says in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, verse, verse 1 says, Now faith is being sure, is being sure, is being sure of what we hope for. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. And certain of the things we do not see. You see. You, you've got to have this belief. You've got to have this trust. Faith, amen, is being certain. Are you certain of what you're hoping for? Are you certain of it? You know, to be certain means that regardless of the evidence around you, that you're not, sh you're not shaking, you're not moved. You're not shaking, you're not moved. 
That is, that is, that is assurance. Assurance is that you know that whatever happens to you, you're covered. You're covered. You're covered. So if you live by that concept, amen, yes, you're going to go through things that will cause you pain, things that will cause you, you know, that will cause you to, ah, God, but why would such a thing happen? Why would this person behave like this? But th that will not then define your final decision. That's the point that I'm making. That will not define, all right? If, if, if everybody that began the journey decide to go back, are you also going to go back? Root and offer. Amen. They went back. I mean, they left the land. Amen. Everything went negative. Root decided no. Offer, you can go to wherever you want to go. You can go back to your fathers. You can go back to your people. But Naomi, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I'm going with you. I'm going to continue the journey with you. Naomi said, but I don't have anything to offer to you. If, if, I, if I have a child tomorrow and, uh, you know, <laughs> how long do you think that child is going to grow to, you know, for, for, the, for that child to, you know, to become a man for you to marry? Ruth said, no, we've gone beyond that. This is a covenant. This is a covenant. I am going with you. And that is a kind of attitude. You see, you see the point that I'm making. Faith is an attitude. You cannot divorce amen, faith from an attitude. You see, somebody, one decided, oh, no, I, I mean, she was convinced. Look, there's nothing else in this, in this thing for you. The, the person that, you know, that joined us together is dead. So why don't you go, go start your life again? Go somewhere, you know? <laughs> go back to your father's house. Okay, she, 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 she believed. You see, the, the, the faith amen, of, of, of Ruth, amen, you can see the faith of Ruth and the faith of the other woman. There, there's a complete different concept of attitude. There was something in Ruth that made her understood that this thing, amen, when you say I do, I do. When you say this is what I'm going to believe. You see, a lot of us have this a yo-yo kind of a Christian life. We, we, we're up and down, all right? Today, you know, if, if, we, if we feel happy, then we, then we believe, then we, then we go on with the Lord. But the moment we feel sad, but the point is, what makes us feel sad? And how do we define our sadness? All right? If somebody that I love so much, amen, does something that is so negative to affect my faith, am I going to fall for that and turn away from God? How many people today are, are, are turning away from Christianity because of the disappointment of a man of God, because of what they see, what they watch on television, because of what they watched on YouTube, because of how they see, you know, uh, churches behaving, all right, some men of God, you know, uh, living their lifestyle. How many people have been disappointed and said, is this Christianity? You cannot look at amen, the, the wrongdoing of men to judge the entire philosophy of the things of God. We cannot compare our faith, amen, our belief based on what we see other people. God forbid that Isaiah Phillips fall tomorrow. God forbid that I fall tomorrow. That should not make you fall. You should not get disappointed and say, wow, what? That man, such a powerful man of God, you mean he's falling by the wayside? Now, listen to this. You should not allow, you should not judge your faith by my faith. Amen. You should not judge your journey by my journey. No. My journey is to encourage you, is to continue to push you, is to continue to tell you there is a place that we're going. And guess what? If anything ever happened to me and I fall by the wayside, please, I beg you in the name of the Lord, don't follow me to fall. Continue the journey. But I tell you, I'm still standing and I'm going to continue to stand. I'm just using that as an example. 
So the point, because you see, a lot of people will fall by the wayside based on, you know, this man, I, I, I exalted this man, uh, this man. You see, when we, when, we, when we begin to verify men, when we begin to look at men as if they are some demigods, uh, then we are making a big mistake or, or we, 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 we are so, you know, connected with certain people. You know, some of us are so connected with certain people we, to the point that the, 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 the attitude of those people impact our own life, affect our own life. It's a negative concept of life. Is a negative concept of belief. All right, listen to this. A man and a woman may get married as close as they are. Listen to this. Their faith, their faith is unique. My faith is unique from that of my wife. Our faith is unique from my faith. You should never, amen, if your wife decides to turn back tomorrow, you continue the journey. The Bible says of, you know, Job and his wife, the wife said, based on what they've gone through, look at all that they lost. I mean, it would be so natural of any woman to say, after all that we have done in serving God, is this all God is going to you know, pay back for all that we've been doing? We give everything. The Bible says that Job will rise up every morning to pray for his family, pray for his children. Yet, Death came. Lost came. They lost everything. Look at the wife said, why don't you curse God and die? What led her to that point? You can see that she wasn't a woman that was, being, that was journeying with the husband in the, in the concept of faith. Because if she was journeying with the, with the husband in the concept of faith, she would never have made that statement. Because look at, look at, look at what Job said. Job rebuked her and said, woman, why would you say such a thing? If the Lord who gives to us decides to take... Are we supposed to hold him accountable? Are we not supposed to give, give glory and thanks to him? No, but you see, she looked at what happened around her and she concluded it's God's fault. If you look at things around you and then you conclude, God is the one. It's the fault of God. You know, I, I used to live my life as a, as a, as a, as a, as a teen. I used to blame God for all the wars in my life. In fact, back then, based on the things that happened to me growing up, I, I never, I said, I'm not going to, I don't want to have anything to do with God. Because I looked at things and I concluded, if there is God, all this should not have happened to me. But I was wrong. But guess what? You can be wrong and you believe, amen, that you're actually right. And the enemy can make you believe. In fact, that is how a lot of people live their life today. Many people, all right, have, have, have come to believe and accept that their wrong is in fact the right. Particularly when the enemy, all right, gives you all kinds of, you know, uh, 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 reasons to believe. Is that, is that not what is happening today in the world? The world system actually believes that God, God, you know, God is not fair. God is, God is evil. If God is, if God is good, but why would that child die? Why would that innocent child die? Why, why would God say, you know, all, you know, all, all the people in the land must be killed? What kind of a God is that? I mean, we, we, we try to judge God by our own, you know, reason. We try to rational, rationalize the things of God. 
No, no. If God is, if God is good, then my father should not have died in that accident. If, if truly, I mean, my father was a man of prayer. He prayed. He, he, he sought the Lord. He served God all his life. And look at how he died. He died without nothing. He died without a car. He died without a house. I mean, what kind of a God is that? Today, the world is judging God. And a lot of people are told, you know, towing that line. Yes, this is not a God that we should serve. Come on, is that not the same thing? The children of Israel said when God brought them out of the land of, of Cana, they said, what kind of a God who will bring people out of, you know, a place? At least we get we get bread. They give us, you know, uh, cucumber and lettuce. We, we are able to eat. But what kind of a God that will bring us to a wilderness just to kill us? What kind of a God is that? And we judge God. We judge God because, all right, we look at our own little concept of thinking and then decide, how do you judge God in a court of a man, on a court of men? How do you judge God, amen, in, in, you know, by you being the jury, amen, you, you, you being the jury? No, you don't even understand anything about what life is. So we can judge God. Maybe um, a lot of people today are judging God. They're judging God when they look at their circumstance. When they look at their circumstance of self-righteousness. And in fact, that you, you will notice that, you know, not did Job's wife, amen, alone judge, judge God. Job, amen, at the latter point himself began to judge God. He began to judge God. And God will, God will later stand to his defense and say, Job, where were you when I began to establish things? Where were you? Who are you to judge me? Come on, friends. So when God said, walk with me and be perfect, he knows what he's talking about. And, and I walk with him, amen, is a daily, day-to-day -day basis. And many people have judged God based on so many things, particularly here, you know, in this world that we live in, South Africa here. You know, we judge God based on how, you know, we, 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 we you know, we've, we've, we, how we've been treated. You know, you look at a lot of people today in South Africa, many, particularly in the black community, have refused to become Christians. Because they believe it's a white man's thing. Beyond that, all right, the people who persecuted, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, this country in terms of apartheid, all right, these are people who claim to be Christians, and most of them are white. So you see, what kind of a what kind of a God is that? So you see, we can judge God looking at things from our own myopic perspective. The fact that people misrepresent God, or the fact that we find ourselves in a situation where, uh, you know, things are done in, a, in the name of God that in fact do not represent the values of God, does not mean that we should, you know, conclude. No, we should look at things, amen, based on the principles of God. That's why it's important that we learn what God is saying in his word. You know, one of the things that liberated me was that I began to find who God is for myself. Not what somebody preached, not what somebody told me, not what I read. I began to, you see, you know, I grew up struggling to read because I was dyslexic. I, I grew up studying to read. One of the breakthroughs that God did in my life, that, and in fact, that's why I knew God called me. Somehow, I just began to read and I began reading by reading the Bible, by reading the word of God. So, so you see, my life, like I, like I told you, I mean, I was all my life blaming God. Why should this happen to me? That, why should that happen to me? I want to do this. I want to do I couldn't do it because I felt limited. I felt, I, I felt like I was in a prison in my own body. And the Lord began to tell me and show me things. You see, 
my calling to ministry today was not because I mean somebody persuaded me or I, I had a voice. No, God had to reveal Himself to me. I had to, I had to, I had to have you know an encounter upon encounter. Yes. That's why I can do what, what I'm doing today. That's why I really do not bother what people think about me. I really do not bother that when I speak the truth, how people feel about it. I don't know because this, I mean, this is a, this is, this is a thing of, you know, a second chance God is giving to me. It's like, you rather do this or you're going to go the way of the world and you're going to die. In fact, I was so negative with God. I was so angry that I wanted to go join the army. I just wanted to do, you know, you know, I just wanted to kill myself, maybe kill myself and kill other people who are, who I feel, you know, they are not living life in, in the way that, so I, I do that through the army. I wanted to join and God said, no, no, you, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to enroll you into my army. You know, the first church I, I ever built, established for God, I call it the militant church of God. That, that is how militant I was, the militant church of God. Because God just turned all my negativity and turned it around to be positive. But positive now towards serving him and, you know, challenging the works of darkness. And that's why it's, it's very difficult for you to talk me out of the things the Lord has shown me. I mean, when I, when I finish Bible school, praying, seeking the Lord and all that, okay, what's the next thing? Fast, I was fasting 21 days. I had my first encounter of Christ. I saw Jesus Christ. I mean, this is the second or fourth time I'm sharing on this. I had this revelation of this being who was blowing this trumpet. And what was coming out of the trumpet is go tell my people that my coming is, is nearer than they ever expect. And I thought it was going to come the next day. <laughs> so I got myself a megaphone. I was all over the place in Nigeria, you know, in Lagos. I was all over the place with a megaphone preaching. This was after I finished Bible school. I was on fire. Everybody knew me. I mean, I could just heal. Things were happening. I mean, back then I thought I was, I was an evangelist because he said, go tell my people. I didn't know you're coming to the prophetic. I thought, in fact, I knew nothing back then about the prophetic. I thought, I'm an evangelist. An evangelist is one that goes. He said, go tell my people. But it was later I began to grow, you know, after years. They began to, wait a minute, this is a prophetic ministry the Lord has given to me. But I was so zealous. Guess what? I got myself a literal megaphone. You know, not like here, you can't preach. No, I was preaching everywhere. Everywhere. I would preach in the bus. I would preach in the train. I would preach in the aircraft. Yes, you said you preach 